We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. And coming to you live. Super Bowl Sunday, 2 p.m. We switched up our time on you guys. Sorry about that. Matinee but action. We figured everyone, everyone would be watching the Super Bowl this evening. So we decided to go live a little bit earlier today. So we are on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter. I think that's it. I think that's the only places we're live at. We might be streaming live on like the Chinese Communist Party's... Uh, Do you say Periscope? Periscope. Or, yeah, we're on Periscope. Um <laughs> This is thrilling. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great stuff. Uh, if you are watching live, all uh, all <laughs> 10 of you so far, thank you. It's good to see you guys. If you are listening to the podcast version of this forum, man, we appreciate you. Go drop a five-star rating while you're uh, while you're listening. That would, would mean a lot to us, would help a lot of people see the podcast, help us become rich and famous, quit our day jobs, and just podcast all day for a living. So uh, hmm. all you got to do is drop a five-star rating, man. That's all. That's all, that's all it takes. That easy. It's all it takes. So uh, I am your host for the day, Jacob Niffin. I have Justin Peabody along Hello, with me. Hello, everybody. We also have Kamiar Moravian in the chat. I just checked my phone, and um, its battery charges at 69%, so that's what I've been laughing about for the past minute. <laughs> nice. so, Fantastic. Yep. Yep. Uh, we were supposed to have Taylor Peterson along for the podcast, but he is in the grocery store on Super Bowl Sunday. 
What a dummy. Probably uh, getting wildly infected with COVID. Everybody should go text this number. It's Taylor's number. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but maybe, maybe at the end of the podcast. 1405 <laughs> <I> 9-1-1-5. <laughs> Didn't I put your number on the on Twitter the other day? Yes, you did, you bastard. I did. I did. Nobody right. nobody texted you though, right? No, no, I haven't got bad. a I did get a call from the extended car warranty folks. Well that's cool. Well, Toke 420 said we can't rate the podcast on Spotify, so he's not very happy, but that he's toking he's toking it. Yeah. Um I don't know why Spotify is like that. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I, I appreciate the uh the effort that you actually tried and found out you couldn't do it. So thank you a, for that. A for effort. Yep. A for a for effort. A for effort. All right, guys. Well, let's talk about some basketball. Justin, it hasn't been long since you've been on a podcast. What about? <laughs> Indeed. 14, 15 hours? <laughs> Feels like yesterday. So the Thunder beat the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. Uh, I forget the final score of that game. Uh, probably One, 120 to 118. 120, 120 to, one. to 118. There you go. There you go. Um, a tale of two different halves in that game totally if you want a complete rundown of that post game go check out justin's post game podcast uh he did a phenomenal job for it and uh he got to cover a lot more of a fun game than i got to cover on friday night so (laughs) yeah but guys for for once i got the fun one that's a rare treat for me although they tried to shit it away they really did really funny the Thunder go two and two on the week, splitting both series. They go one and one against the Rockets, one and one against the Timberwolves. Guys, just general thoughts, feelings, emotions, uh, analysis about the Thunder's week and where they are at so far, which is currently sitting at, uh, I believe, 10 and 12 on the season. Uh, that would be correct, 10 and 12, uh, the 10th worst record in the league. Anything that you picked up from this week? I found myself getting frustrated not because like the team is supposed to be bad and they're winning games and stuff like that, but because of the inconsistency of the players that we saw on the court. Like for example, I mean the first the first bout with the T Wolves, OKC didn't have any of their their backcourt, and then their second bout they didn't have any front court. So it's like really weird, <laughs> weird. And the other half of the teams down in the damn G League thing. So it's just so weird to see who's gonna play in any given night. But uh, yeah, so it's a little unsettling. It's a little weird. It's like um, musical chairs. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't is. get a, a good read on anything. It was like, it was just strange. But Hamadou Diallo played well. Yeah, isn't it funny yeah. that on Friday night against the Wolves, Darius Baisley played point guard, and then on <laughs> Saturday night against the Wolves, Darius Baisley played center. Right, exactly. the The roster, um, I think I called it roster roulette yesterday, is very fascinating, and I think would be difficult to coach from Mark Dagnall's perspective, but also mm-hmm. difficult difficult to coach against from the opponent opponent's perspective. And I think we've seen a little bit of that. It's been interesting to watch, you know, coming into the season, we talked about what are these little mini series going to look like? Like, and we had two of them this week and we have one more coming up against the Lakers with, uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves and with the Houston Rockets this week, seeing what, what adjustments get made. It's like a tiny microcosm of a playoff series. And I think what's been encouraging from a coaching staff development perspective is seeing that the Thunder have made adjustments. Both of these games with the Rockets act, act absolutely blowing out the Thunder 
and then the Thunder coming back and beating the Rockets, and then the Timberwolves eking out a win against the Thunder, and then the Thunder coming back and beating the the Wolves on the second night. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like against the Lakers. Uh, I don't think they steal one of those, but does does the improvement still happen? Do the adjustments still happen? I think that's a positive sign for a developing team to see that they're able to take what happens in game one and apply it to learnings in game two. On the broadcast last night, they talked about how after last night's game, I think the Thunder have won four games on the the second time they faced a team and how the the stats, especially the defensive stats, change substantially from what the Thunder give up in the first night of a of a game against a team and then what they give up the second night, which is uh kind of encouraging like you said justin it's they are making the adjustments they're identifying things they're they're changing things up and so i think these last two games are are kind of hard to gauge that just because of how many moving pieces on both sides right right the the timberwolves did not have d'angelo russell uh saturday night which i think you could argue they didn't have him for half the night on friday (laughs) night with the way he just kind of went through the motions yeah right but it's it's so that one's kind of hard, but the other ones I think are, I think that's a really good point. You know that that they're adjusting well. Yep, yep, and and I think you hope to see that throughout the season. Of that's all that's all we're really looking for. It's less about the wins and losses with this team, and more about is are they making progress? And I think that that applies to the players as well as the coaching staff. And I think that's something that maybe doesn't get talked about enough. Is that you know this is Mark Dagnalt's first year as a head coach, I think seeing what he's able to do through these kind of unique situations like the roster turnover, um, how do you adjust your game plan when you have no big guy? I think we saw Ryan Saunders take pretty good advantage of that with Nas Reed just feasting in the paint last night, but ultimately the Thunder come out with the win. But I, I, I think kind of testing Dagnalt as much as you're testing these players to see what kind of growth he has as he kind of grows into this head coaching role. Is it weird to watch Kenrich Williams play defense? It feels like his legs <laughs> don't move as fast as he wants them to. Have you guys noticed that? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> like he he shuffles those hips like crazy, but those feet aren't moving like at all. It's weird. He is a pretty versatile defender, though. They put him in a lot of different spots, guarding yeah. a lot of different guys. So, um, call me out at the top of this. You mentioned kind of the inconsistency, and I think that can all be wrapped up into one player, Darius Baisley. I felt like throughout the season, uh, Bays has been wildly inconsistent. Last night had a pretty nice and efficient game, but on Friday night was like 4 of 14 for 10 points or something like that. You know, it's Bays is like the world's worst roller coaster. It's just up and down and up and down, and it's it's wild. And um, for a team that, I think we all agree is overachieving so far and has a lot of young guys that are performing rather impressively. Hamadou Diallo, Isaiah Roby, uh, Lou Dort, even though Lou's coming back down to earth a little bit. Uh, obviously, Shea. Baisley was a guy that I think we were all really high on in the offseason and coming into the regular season. And he has been... There's nights where he looks like he could be a really, really good NBA player. And there's nights where, you know, he looks like He's trying to run a modern, he's like a, a old computer trying to run a modern video game. It just does not compute. It's, it's, 
<laughs> just trudging along. It, it can't work. Right. And it's, um, it's, he's maybe the, the microcosm of the season, I think, in the sense of the up and down, uh, the inconsistencies, the not knowing what you're going to get on any given night type of idea. There are plenty of times when I saw him just catch the ball in the corner and honestly be really wide open. And then he was like, uh, Oh man, I don't know what to do with this ball in my hands. Like I should, I shoot it. And then like, you probably tell, he thinks about his stat line. He's like, well, I'm about, I'm about to drive it. And then it's, so he sticks his leg out and then he's like, no, I think I'll just pass it. And then, so like just, he effectively killed a few possessions um, mm-hmm. last night just by doing stuff like that and not making his mind up or a quick decision. Just not playing the game. He's thinking about what he should do or what the right play is. And too much thinking, not much, not enough you know, instinct. Yeah, yeah, but it's and weird because he's good. He's good uh, instinctually on defense and offense. He's just mm-hmm. so indecisive. Yep, and and I think that I, I touched on this on last night's podcast about the second Timberwolves game. I think a lot of that probably is affected by you think about a guy, guys, pretty much any anybody in his class fits into this category. Like the strangest first two years in the NBA, hands mm-hmm. down. Your, your your first season's abruptly comes to a halt halfway through, and then you go to the bubble which is a very abnormal circumstance. And then right before your second season, you get no summer league, you get a truncated training camp, and then you get tossed into another very strange season. So I think that combined with, you know, his very untraditional path out of high school, the new balance internship, he's not had by any means a normal path to the NBA. And I think it's normal to see this kind of stuff out of second year players. Anyway, I think it's getting amplified a little bit because of, how strange his acclimation to the association has been. That was a funky wording acclimation to the association. <laughs> that's, uh, um, that's too many big like words. A, in a yeah. Short that sounds like something from a span. movie. That's like, a. it sounds like a club I need to be a part of. Mm, the yeah. acclimation very, very of the association. Acclimation well, the association club. Darius Baisley is chief academic officer of the acclimation to the association. And I think that I think it'll take some time. I think what we're seeing, we're seeing the glimpses of what he could be. I think getting that consistency will come when he feels more comfortable with the offense, when he feels more comfortable with the speed of the NBA, when he feels more comfortable in those moments and he doesn't have to stop and think and he can just play his game and use his skills and abilities and attributes to his advantage. That's when we'll see uh, Bays really shine. Yeah, I feel like acclamation to the association is like <laughs> something that Sam Presti would come up with. Mm, this yes. is our director of the acclamation to the association uh, department. Kind of like how that, I forget who it idea. is. Somebody in the front office is the director of foresight and insight. Mm. <laughs> I love this so much. So I would like I would like to be that person that's just like, okay, here's how, they talk about those seminars where it's like, Here's how not to bring ladies back to your hotel room when you're on a road trip, that kind of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. hopefully they're not doing that during a pandemic and, and such. Um, Probably need to talk to Daniel house. <laughs> I would oh, like that. Man. I would like that role though. That would, uh, that'd be a cool job. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, one guy that we only saw for one game this week, Shay Gilgis Alexander. Did he play in the first Houston game? Yes, that's where he got hurt, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yep. Uh, so we saw two times this week, but the most recent time um, against Minnesota Saturday night, 
pretty impressive. The shakeover. Pretty, he uh, 13 points in the fourth quarter, six of eight shooting. Ended with what, 31, six, and eight? Is that yep. right? Yeah. 30, I think seven. 31, seven. 31, seven, and, seven oh. and nine. Oh, sorry, Whoa. Shay. I didn't mean to undercut you there. Pumping up the stats. Um, I know it's Minnesota. And Minnesota sucks. God damn, does Minnesota suck? <laughs> Jesus. They're not very I, good. I do not envy anybody podcasting about the Minnesota Timberwolves today. But even though it was Minnesota, impressive stuff by Shea. Very impressive stuff down the stretch of that game. First quarter, really let the game come to him. Uh, two plays where Minnesota goes under the screen and Shea pulls up from like 30 feet. Uh, in the third quarter, he got that little drive and pull-up game at the elbow going, and then the fourth quarter uh, just went to work, and nobody on Minnesota could stay in front of him. Minnesota was throwing first round, or not first round, first overall pick Anthony Edwards at him to defend him, uh, and Shea was just really getting what he wanted. He was too too slithery, too uh, too slithery. I don't know another word besides slithery. I don't um, like that word. I hate sli- that. I, I really hate that word. Slippery. Well, Hey, live on the podcast, Uh-oh. back from the grocery store, <laughs> the idiot himself. I survived uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Grocery Taylor store run. Peterson. <laughs> Amazing. What he an entrance. joined the podcast live. What's up, Taylor? How are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? So good. I'm in the uh, the office today. It's a little bit of an echo. But, are you going to uh, lean over every time you speak? Yes. Okay. You guys want to see this? Yeah. I spent money. On a home studio. Oh my god! It's, All it's, I see it's is pretty a big sweet. Black hole. That's like one of those. That's like one of those things uh, that referees put their heads in to watch. <laughs> to watch. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be doing the entire podcast like this, like I'm a referee. That's fantastic. But, uh, but hopefully oh now I can uh, podcast in get, the office and not echo terribly. Did you get that at the grocery store too? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I did not. Got stuff for buffalo chicken dip. Mm. Um, obviously got some beer because we're going to a watch party. I say party. It's like four of us. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm ready, ready to wash my cheese. Uh, buff, buff, buffalo dip and beer. Anything else? It took you that long to get buffalo dip and <laughs> no, beer. No, no, I did that. I did the normal grocery weekly run. Also, uh, what what does that, that consist of? What do you normally oh, buy? Like oh, stuff for lunch. Taylor, Taylor doesn't breakfast. get to tell us that. We get to decide what Taylor's grocery list was. Justin, you're first. Go. Um, probably you know the really big pack of uh Charmin for whenever he's done with that buffalo chicken dip. <laughs> that is true. Palmier, what else is on the Taylor grocery store list? That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor also decided to buy um he instead of going to the normal bread section, he went to the frozen bread section and got that uh, that Jesus bread with the doves on it <laughs> because it's really good for you. <laughs> it's good for I the like soul. <laughs> um, I'm saying Taylor is a two percent milk kind of guy, um, and he gets the like unscented uh, bar lotion or not lotion, uh, soap, <laughs> unscented bar soap uh, because the scented stuff. Um, dries his skin out. <laughs> that was specific. So uh, you guys <laughs> really hit shower? on the toilet paper, and uh, Jacob hit on the two percent milk. But that's a oh that's hell yeah! <laughs> all right, well, oh, so anyway, uh, on here we can uh, start back from the beginning. Let's uh, let's talk about this. Yeah, week welcome to the uncontested podcast <laughs> where we play games like guess what's on Taylor's grocery store list. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll come up with a new sounder for that one. Come mm, next week. That's really. amazing. But as we were talking about before we were so rudely interrupted here, um, 
<laughs> Shane Gilgis Alexander, incredibly impressive last night, but I think what we're starting to see from this guy, we talked about how Baisley's been wildly inconsistent. We're getting the same thing from Shea, night in and night out. And Justin, we talked a little bit about this in the slack last night during the game, but Shea has routinely this season been incredible in the third quarters and then kind of cools off in the fourth. Last night, that kind of changed a little bit uh, where he was really hot in the fourth quarter. And actually, uh, I think he took over 20 shots last night, which is not normal for him. I think we kind of finally got to see the Shea we wanted to see last night. The Shea that said, F it, give me the ball. I'm running the show out here. I'm going to make stuff happen. Um, and it ended up how I wanted it to. I mean, just a complete takeover, had had the ball on a string, was making the right play every time down, getting to the rim, collapsing the defense, kicking the ball out to shooters, uh, even though sometimes his teammates didn't make shots, uh, just making the right play, but being incredibly ing- aggressive. Incredibly which is, aggressive. Which is what we have asked for all season long. I uh, While I was at the grocery store, I was listening to Justin's post game, and I got to listen to him talk about the shakeover. <laughs> and uh, one thing that I love that, that Justin mentioned was that I, I think it kind of uh, can be, uh, I guess, exemplified with that one shot where Shea drove to the rim in the fourth. He got like just absolutely hacked um, and somehow was able to finish and get the and one just his will. And like you said, Jacob, his aggressiveness was just super impressive and really fun to watch. I mean, he was getting double teamed <laughs> at certain times. He was almost like being triple teamed and he was still able to split through defenders and get to the rim. And uh, that's just really, really special. I think that's the biggest thing with Shay. You know, with Baisley, we talked about it feels like he's overthinking it with Shay. I feel like it just, it's when he gets passive. It's when he brings the ball up the court and kind of facilitates, but then just kind of like fades out and he's not fully engaged in the entire rest of the possession. But when he comes up and he comes up on a mission, I think that's when you see Shea at his best. And I hope that he can continue to kind of amp up that killer instinct, because I think what we've seen is he's got the moves to take over when he wants to be aggressive. It's just a matter of being aggressive more often. I wish I wish Shay had the confidence um, to call his own number as much as his brother from Kentucky, Hamadou uh, Diallo. <laughs> like Hamadou, Hami is not afraid at all to call his own number, even when it's a really poor decision. And uh, Shay's like more reserved in that. And like I feel like you know because we have said like oh we've been waiting for a long time, and it's it's against the it's against the T Wolves. Like un- until he does it against somebody like that has a good defense or that's right. just good in general. I I don't know. I'm st- the jury's still out on that for me. Uh, but I mean, he has it. And with a touch of luck, because there, there are a couple of those late ones that which is like, they just bounce off the rim just perfectly. Uh, they obviously went in. And so I'm just really curious to see like, if he has that kind of streak that jaw Morant has, we've seen jaw Morant already be like an that's alpha good, in Memphis comparison. And like we've seen what John Morant has, and of course he's more athletic than Shea, but um, they're both still very high-profile young athletes. And um, we've seen that superstar mentality out of Jaw. I'd like to see out of Shea that in, in the fact that we haven't seen it yet until maybe last night. I don't know if you would count that. He did score down the stretch. Uh, that's why I keep on thinking: Is he going to be a Pippin to somebody else's Jordan? Like, is OKC going to have to bring a better player and then Shea to really compete later on? That's true, and I think that's still a, a big question. But like one thing, for example, last night that I thought maybe was the most impressive impressive of that stretch 
we saw Shea scoring at all three levels, right? We saw that logo shot that he that he hit, which was just wild. I mean, that was like Dame range, Steph range. Uh, we saw him pulling up on a dime, right, dribbling, uh, going to the rim. You know, obviously, I think the defense expects that he pulls up and uh, is able to get either a floater or a nice pull up jump shot, uh, kind of like Russ. You know, early on in his career, he always called it the cotton shot, um, and then driving to the rim, which is obviously his his greatest strength, and finishing around the rim. He's so crafty, scoring at all three levels like that, and being able to take over in that way. It's just that that versatility is going to open up his game so much more. And I think that's kind of partially why, I mean, he had it going at all three levels. And I think that uh, is one reason we saw him just scoring at will there down the stretch. Definitely. So looking at Shea's stats for this season, he's at 22.3 points a game. That's three and a half points more than last season. Uh, he's at 6.4 assists a game, uh, effectively doubling last season's average of 3.3. His rebounding has gone down just a hair. Uh, he's at 5.5 rebounds this season compared to 5.9 last season. But here's the place that really impresses me. Uh, he's only shooting uh, about one more shot a game compared to last year. He's at 15.3 field goal attempts per That's game. That's interesting. Yes. Hmm. Uh, he's shooting one more three-pointer a game. But his three-point percentage is up 3% from 34 to 37. His two-point percentage is is up nearly 7% from 51 to 58%. Uh, that, that's a little bit of rounding there, but it's it's right at 7%. His overall field goal percentage, 51.5% for the season. That's compared to 47% last year. Maybe Shea's not being as aggressive as we want from game to game, but damn, is he being efficient. Every night, he Very is efficient. incredibly efficient. And I think that's that's something you really, really want to see. Another big thing for him, uh, his free throw attempts, he's up 1.2 free throw attempts from 5.1 to 6.3 this year. Uh, obviously, you maybe want to see those free throws go up a little bit more, and his percentage isn't great at 76% compared to uh, 80% in his first two seasons. So you want to see those free throws come up a little bit more. But man, that's maybe the most impressive thing to Shea, uh, of Shea this season for me is just the efficiency. Um, he's scoring, maybe not shooting the ball enough, but when he does, it's typically going in. I mean, mm-hmm. shooting 52% from the floor for the season is there's not a whole lot of like high volume. Number one guys on a team doing that, right? A lot of those guys that, that are high volume or number one guys are shooting closer to 46, 47, 48%. <laughs> It's kind of like uh, two complete opposites, right? We we went from our beloved Russell Westbrook, <laughs> who did take all those shots, to now Shea, who doesn't take nearly as many, but is incredibly efficient. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny that we always talk about the two contrasting styles of play, but it really is interesting. Definitely. All right, guys. Well, let's move on. Um, let's stop talking about the past. Let's talk about the future. <laughs> the future. And what I like to call the upcoming hell month. Yeah, no <laughs> Oklahoma City. Brutal. Yeah. The month of hell. Uh, the Thunders schedule from today through the halfway point of the season when we get the little break, although we apparently aren't getting a break because we're getting an all-star game. We'll get into that in a second. <laughs> the Thunder play. This is their schedule. Lakers, Lakers, Nuggets, Bucks, Blazers, Grizzlies, Bucks again, Cavs, Heat, Spurs, Hawks, Nuggets, Mavericks, Spurs. It's 14 total games. 
It's a 11, lot of good teams. 11 of those 14 games come against current playoff teams. The three non-playoff teams they play are the Heat, Cavs, and Mavs. So Jimmy Butler, Colin Sexton, Luka Doncic. Yeah. My question is, over, the, of a month. <laughs> over those next 14, what do we expect moving forward? Man, I think... I- I expect um, a lot of nights where I'm podcasting, and by that I mean <laughs> blowout losses. Hey, congrats! Uh, congrats on your win last night, Justin. Hey, thank you. It felt good. <laughs> a rare treat. No, but really, I I think there there's going to be some ugly nights uh, throughout there. But I also, I, you know, this team I think has shown the ability to to fight. You know, we've seen a handful of times this season where a team will facilitate a lead and then kind of take their foot off the gas, not unlike what the Thunder did to the T-Wolves last night, and let the Thunder back in it. I think we're going to get to see that a lot. I hope so, um, but I think there's going to be some nights where the Thunder come out and surprise some people. I'm not saying they're going to you know, go out and upset the Lakers or the Bucks or something like that, but I think at least making it interesting and putting up a fight, mm-hmm. I, think, I think there's going to be some opportunities to see these young guys go up against some of the best players in the league and see what they're made of. And I think that's exciting for us to watch as fans. What's fun with OKC is that they're one of those teams now that OKC used to play when they were a lot better that um, other teams will start to rest their stars against you and give you a chance to win. I was going to touch on that. For example, like LeBron James has literally been day to day every game this entire season. And, um, and stuff like the Bucks and other guys like that, like that wouldn't surprise me if they arrested somebody. Um, a lot of those games, and so I could see definitely two and twelve. Okay, so will probably win a game that they shouldn't, or maybe a couple games that they shouldn't, and be a four and ten. But I like to settle in at two and twelve or three and eleven. Uh, it's not going to be very fun, I don't believe. I don't think many of them will be close games either. I think you guys are right that there's going to definitely be quite a few uh, games more similar to the the Brooklyn Nets game when everybody was healthy for the Nets and the Thunder lost by quite a bit. Um, but with that being said, something else that I've noticed throughout the season, and I know everybody has, it's just it's a crazy season with all these players uh, having to sit up. To, I mean, we saw the whole Kevin Durant saga play out, right, with the contact tracing. He's already had COVID, and he's already had to sit out because of contact tracing earlier this season. He got um, big mad on Twitter, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very that. Kevin Durant tweeting out. <laughs> and, and, and anyways he finally uh, said screw the burner i'm going on the yeah road. i'm going you, one have you guys seen Alfred payton's burner on twitter too no i haven't i haven't seen that one i've seen <laughs> jeff teague somebody it's, found jeff teague the other yeah, day. Yeah, I saw jeff teague. Jeff <laughs> jeff's gonna stuff. go off and have a great game tonight because nobody <laughs> in the world is tweeting about jeff, jeff teague. Teague. i promise you that <laughs> i promise uh, you that Anyways, I just I could see some games where where the Thunder down the stretch are playing a Milwaukee Bucks team, you know, that are shorthanded and are able, or who knows, you know, they're able to uh, uh, get some wins that way. We'll see. Sixty and sixty three. Huh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so some people yep. in the chat, Nate and Matt, both saying uh, probably around four and ten. Uh, Comiar said two and twelve, three and eleven. I think right around there is probably where the Thunder are going to end up. Um, I think this is going to be a chance. You guys mentioned, you know, the the other teams kind of resting um, star players whenever they play the Thunder. Well, the Thunder are without George Hill. They rested Al Horford last night. I think you're going to see that coming up a, a little bit more often. Uh, although Isaiah Roby's in a boot and Mike Muscala got knocked the F out last night. Yeah, so, by an elbow. 
Yeah. Trevor Ariza isn't even real, and ne- neither is <laughs> yeah, neither Ty is Jerome. Ty Jerome. I've never like I don't is he even a be- person? Yeah, I don't believe <laughs> in Ty Jerome. Um, what do we think Trevor Ariza is doing right now? He's I'm probably uh, probably uh, getting ready for a Super Bowl party. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> probably at yeah. the grocery store. <laughs> True. Getting some buffalo chicken dip and some True. unscented soap. Two <laughs> percent milk. Um, yeah, I know. I don't. That's. I don't know. I mean, is he? Do you think he's still in game shape? No, no not a chance. <laughs> no, no way. Couch like eating Doritos and he's basically a salary at this. There's point. no way OKC is even going <laughs> to trade salary. him this year. He's just a yeah, dude that's on the salary so. sheet. Just buy him out. Yeah, I, I would probably. Man, that's living the dream. Like Ariza this year. Yeah, but not even all last he's year. Making like ten mil. Just yeah. to sit there That's and work out. I bet he's working man. out, but yeah. Cash and checks. He's probably getting really good at Fortnite or something. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yep. Um, I'm watching the Suns uh, Celtics game right now. Yeah. Celtics aren't very good this year, guys. <laughs> They're not very good this year. <laughs> They're not very good. Uh, not as good as they should be. Jeez. So, yeah, but I think the Thunder will maybe tend to rest some guys as well. Uh, I gotta say, I did enjoy the starting lineup last night, guys, and I hope we blast. get to see that over these. That was a fun lineup. Fourteen games before the half. Uh, Shea, Lou, Teo, uh, Bays, and my Kenny boy Kenny. It was fun until like Nas Reed figured out he was 50, <laughs> 50 pounds heavier exactly. than everybody else on the Thunder team. Only <laughs> took him three quarters, <laughs> but dang it, he yeah. found out. <laughs> I do think that, you know, that starting lineup really made me kind of galvanized my feelings on Al Horford and uh, George Hill of like, yeah, like they're good players, whatever. I just wish they weren't here because that lineup was so much more fun. Al Horford, so much more fun. He was great against the Timberwolves in the first game, but he's not as fun to watch. Like it's just, it's so much more fun to just turn the young guys loose and let them see what will happen. There's going to be more mistakes. There's going to be more negatives, but I think the net positives are there that make it so much more fun. Does it feel like Teo Maladon is like really stiff to any of you guys, the way he starts in his breaks and his runs and direction changes, how like not fluid that motion is a little bit, a little bit, but it's like very robotic. He's not not twitchy. I also feel like Teo is, we've talked about this, incredibly conservative. Uh, he doesn't try things, right? He just doesn't go out. I mean, you think a 19-year-old go out there and just be doing shit, you know? But it makes sense, though, because his, <laughs> Taking his, his job in the Spanish League was like on a championship team was don't F this up because like he's yeah, a, actually a legit part, like a, a six-man off the bench of like a, a championship team. So he's probably just trying to run the offense and not make any mistakes. That's a really good rather point. And like, you know, take advantage yeah. of the situation. Not I everybody mean, is J.R. Smith, but Hey, he's got a man. He, another <laughs> guard. It takes OKC till after <laughs> Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Everybody is there to finally find like a couple of guards that try to play defense and shoot threes relatively well, even though like Melodone, he's got a small sample size, but they went in last night. He has a nice stroke. Yep. Yep. Uh, Justin Teo was up to 37% from three. Yeah, he is. Keep He's on climbing. Close. He's getting Teo's close. three point shot to the moon. But... To the moon. Like dog, dog coin. Doge coin. Yeah. Doge coin. Doge coin. <laughs> I, I, uh, I invested in some Doge coin. <laughs> that boy. Um, Are you investing in that three point shot of Teo's? I'm, I'm, killing, I'm killing a game today, man. Speaking yeah, of Teo's conservativeness, 
there could not be a more stark difference um, in kind of style of play than last night having Teo go up against Anthony Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> Same draft class. Anthony yeah. Edwards has never met a jump shot he does not like. <laughs> and then Teo is just like so conservative. I feel um, like Anthony Edwards talk Anthony Edwards talks a lot of crap on the court. He just I can totally, see that. He's chirping a little bit. Vibe. If I went number one overall, I'd be talking shit too, man. Do you think, think, do you I think bet it, Anthony Bennett talked trash? Do you think that Anthony Edwards talked a lot of trash to Teo last night and instead of speaking back to him, he just like Spoke back to him in French or just act That's like what I was going to say. When we started talking we, shit back in France, that was going to be awesome. Oh, Croissant. my gosh, Justin, just completely unrelated or kind of related, but your uh, your video you tweeted. So good. Oh. What's, the, <laughs> what's my favorite? What, where where'd you find that? Like Twitter, did, I guess? But like, Yeah. Did Do you not remember that? No. It was, it was I didn't remember that. that. During the protests and <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was after, it was after the, the election. election victory. I saw it in yeah. French. I was so like, oh, was this guy just walks up to a French found, reporter, found an American, <laughs> just walks up to a French reporter and just starts saying every French word that he knows. And omelette du so fromage. We we we. It reminds me of hey, that. Oh, that. Do you guys remember that skit on all that growing up in the nineties with Keenan yes. and he was in the bathtub in yes. France and he would be like, ha, 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 every time do you guys remember that? <laughs> yes. I used to classic. laugh my ass off at that as a kid for like 10 straight minutes. Oh, it's so good. You know, thinking back now, all that was just Saturday night live for children. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. And That's now look at was. Keenan. He's living that. the dream. Wow. Yeah. Keenan's uh, on the adult version. Now, now he's actually on Saturday night live. I love Keenan. He's good. Good stuff. <laughs> All right. Anything else about Hell Week or not Hell Week? Hell, hell month. month. Um, it's not gonna be fun. <laughs> well, well said. There's. You're um, welcome. I try. I think over the next 14 games, we will be back on the uh, fully on the tank train. We will be talking a lot about what does tank. a tank train. Look yeah, what like? is a tank train? It's a train with tanks on it. Have you never mm. seen that before? Oh, oh yeah. like, 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 or is it a train like, that's tanking and going downward? It's like a military <laughs> military style. Like you're they're gearing up for war. Yeah, I think that's a tank train. Okay, maybe train, we, it could be tank. both. It could be a train with tanks on it that the train itself is like tanking and going off the rails, <laughs> just like this conversation. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Speaking of tanking, yeah. ah, there it is. It's time for the tank meter. Honing us back in. I feel like we still need a tank meter sounder. Yeah, I feel like we need that one, and we need another explanation about if the tank meter is full, is that good or bad? Okay, yes. so I keep meaning to make a sounder. I haven't yet. I was quarantined all week. I probably should have. <laughs> um, I didn't. Although, let me tell you guys something. Being quarantined for a week, I'm screwed. I've been going to bed at like 3 a.m. and waking up at noon. <laughs> I got to go back to work tomorrow. I'm going to get my ass beat. Yeah, it's gonna, that's, that's going to be fun. brutal. Who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna beat it? Um, life. Oh, okay. Life itself. Although I don't have COVID. I've tested negative twice. That is awesome. That's good, good for news. you. Shout out to your boy. Um, okay, so the tank meter. Here's, uh, I don't have a sounder. Tank. I'll just get a whole bunch of really sad, sad sounds, and that can be the tank meter. Part of it's just going to be my voice talking. That's pretty sad. Or it can be like the uh, the draft uh, sounder. Mm, ping pong balls bouncing. Oh, there you go, lottery. 
God, I got a lot of ideas. If you guys have ideas for the tank meter sounder, send them in to at the underscore uncontested on Twitter.com. It's got to be something from the prices right. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, that one's oh, good. Oh, there you go. That's, that's good. a good one. That's a good one. Classic. You remember right, Happy, so Happy Gilmore? The price isn't right, Bob. And he punches the hell <laughs> out of me. So. If the tank meter is full, it means the Thunder are going full tank. They are gunning for the number uh, one tank. If the tank meter is empty, that means they are not tanking. They're trying to make the playoffs. Mm. Before you guys give me your update on the tank meter, I do want to say Thunder currently for their draft picks for 2021, they're slated to get Miami's pick, which currently has the fourth best odds because they're the fourth worst team. They're slated to get their own pick, which has the 10th best odds. Uh, they are not getting the Golden State first rounder as of right now. So instead, they're getting Minnesota's second rounder, which would be pick 32. Their own second rounder, which is pick 40. And Denver's second rounder, which is pick 50. With all that being said, where do the Thunder fall currently on the tank meter? Is it full? Is it empty? Is it halfway? I'm going to say it's pretty close to halfway right now, leaning slightly more towards full than empty. Okay. Full being full tank, because I understand how this works now, unlike last time. <laughs> um, but I think that, honestly, it's probably the worst spot to be at this exact moment. You don't you don't want to be in the middle. That's, uh, that's all. You either want to be pushing for the playoffs or you want to be bottoming out and the thunder just kind of hovering a two and two week like they had last week kind of fits the narrative of, of being somewhere in the middle. I think that we're getting close to the point where you're going to see the front office um, have to make some decisions one direction or another. If this continues, I think the, the schedule over the next month, like we talked about is probably going to go a long way in helping this thing uh, kind of, turn the direction that it's supposed to. But I think that overall, if it doesn't, then the the front office is going to have to make some decisions because unless Miami continues to be terrible, which they conceivably <laughs> could. Um, if it's going to be the best big, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, unless you're banking on games. that, which feels a little risky to, to rely on something kind of outside of your hands, I, I think you might see a shift in philosophy in the future. Yeah. I was thinking halfway as well just cop out answer because the thunder were two and two this week but i would say maybe leaning more towards empty tank as in like uh, they truly are beginning to to we're starting to see that tank and that kind of a regression to the mean because if you look at the standings i mean the thunder are 13th in the west i mean i don't think the mavericks are going to continue to suck this badly for this long speaking of a team who will probably make a move um when it comes down to it i mean they kind of are where they're supposed to be and like you mentioned justin as currently constructed it, again, I know we didn't have our full players, but say, you know, hypothetically, we had our full team playing these uh, over the past week. They probably should have gone three and one, four and oh, that's <laughs> currently constructed. So I think, like like you said, once uh, Presty, you know, the trade deadline comes and maybe we're uh, without Hill or without Mascala or whoever it may be. Um, I, and, and just with this tough schedule, like you mentioned as well, Justin, coming up this next month, um, I'm going to say we're, we're kind of trending towards the tank. That's a good question. Uh, I want the Thunder to tank, but it they almost refuse They're to. They're going to get attacked on Twitter.com for that statement. I don't care. <sighs> but, well, no, it's it's weird because, like, I've always wondered what it was like to play on a tanking team. 
uh, like for the guys specifically that play night in and night out, like, you know, some of those injuries are just made up injuries in, <laughs> uh, or it's like, Oh, they're a little sore. So we'll call yeah. it this. Like Shay and Lou. Just yeah. Right. right. It's like, what is it like? It, it, do they just tell you in practice? Like, Hey, we're going to set you, we're going to sit you out. And like, how, like, does that mess with the players? Like will the player want to play that night knowing that their, their teammates are out or what is that like? If it's, is it a toxic situation or mm-hmm. can it be, can it get toxic? I don't, I don't know what it's like, but, I mean, the tank meter should be around, you know, half full to 60%. I mean, I'm going a little more tanky because they're about to get their butts kicked for the next like month and a half. Um, and so, I mean, I think with George Hill out, Al Horford will probably rest more. Somebody's going to have another baby probably, and they're going to be out for like nine <laughs> games uh, because this Thunder team is just like, you know what? Y'all spend your own time. We'll get ready. Like, we're going to send half our team down to play in the G, to the G League. Yeah. Don't worry about as long as we have eight, that's fine, guys. And if we have to, if we have forfeit a couple games, we're cool with that too. It's kind of like AAU ball in the summer, right? Like we have your full, you have your full team for the big tournaments, but like those smaller tournaments that you're just kind of playing in between. It's just like, okay, how many of you guys can show up? Okay, we have six. Perfect. (laughs) Hey, I do want to make a point really quick though about you guys mentioned uh, Lou and Shay's injuries, Mm -hmm. and I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about how oh, you know, Presley just hold it; they're fine, they're good to go. Presley's just doing this so they can lose games. I don't think that's necessarily the case. It's more so Presley is holding them out and being extra cautious Cautious. this season because this season is not not the season to risk you know furthering injuries. Where a season like last year, you play Shay and Lou. This year. You don't. You don't risk that. Yep. That's why Isaiah's in a precautionary. Uh, Roby's in a, a precautionary boot right now, right? Hey, I think Kamiar was onto something there, though. I mean, if you're really planning on tanking, you wait about till there's, yeah, you know, I don't know, five, six months until the season starts, and then you start slipping some of that get Roman into your players, uh, <laughs> oh into their gosh. drinks. That <laughs> way, all their wives and girlfriends get pregnant. Oh they have to miss games due to the birth of the baby. Or just start making up hypothetical babies. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah Roby is pregnant. <laughs> Isaiah Roby looks like a giant baby. He does. Yeah. He still has a baby face. The entire team had a baby. He goes Before and just gives, gives you that word. Man, Isaiah Roby versus uh, Demarcus Cousins was my favorite matchup of the year. Yeah, because it's like a twelve-year-old versus like a fifty-year-old convict. And then, especially when Roby, like he, I, I think that was my post game where he had that, uh, he, he had that move down low where he like kind of banged into Demarcus Cousins, created separation, and pulled up with a nice floater, finished around the rim. Yeah. Do you think Roby can grow facial hair? I don't think so. <laughs> hmm. That's he, a good question. He definitely was really face. bad if he could. Really bad. Uh, hey, Nate Sanders in the chat asked, do y'all think we end up with the Rockets pick or the Heat pick? Mm. And where will it land? Interestingly enough, Rockets without um, Christian Wood yeah. for uh, the foreseeable future. Maybe they got um, Muslim Wood. I don't know. Um, Dude, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then Avery Bradley is out with the Miami Heat. Yeah. Um, so both teams without rotation players. Sorry. I, I enjoy Christian Wood's name too much. My my meme the other night was just it's not okay. I, I cannot believe that that we are not kicked off Twitter.com. Oh my god. I know why we're not verified. You can have Jewish boner, right? Feel <laughs> me? We're gonna I get so I many one stars. Uh, I specifically do not want to feel you. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't like any of the way this is going. <laughs> Which pick does the Thunder end up with? Is it gonna be Miami or Houston? Uh, 
I don't know. I, I kind of think Miami at this point. I just they'll get it together at some point, but not not quickly enough. And I don't think it'll be quite good enough. Isn't Houston's topper pr- projected? Top four. Top four protected. And they're without Christian Wood uh, for a minute. And the team like honestly doesn't like playing with each other. And Oladipo <laughs> and Oh might be shipped out. John, That's a good John, point. John Wall are just not Ooh, guys, together. We have live uh, breaking news Ooh. on the pod. D Rose. Oh, this has been in the making since this morning. Oh, like nobody cares. Detroit has agreed to trade Derek Rose to New York for Dennis Smith Jr. in a mm. 2021 second, second round. Pick. Derek Rose's like knees are going to be like just like a, a powder <laughs> by the end of the season because Tom Thibodeau, like because Julius Randle is killing it, just but because Thibodeau is not giving him any rest at all. He's just on the court at all times, and you know, D Rose is doing the same thing. Speaking of, let's move on to around the association. But before we do, because Kamiar just brought it up, we are not transitioning to around the association until Kamiar gives us the Tibbs voice. <laughs> What's the Tibbs voice? You, you know do what it the best. Like, I don't know. What the, is it like the is it like a Batman voice? Is that the Tibbs yeah voice? yeah? It's it, the one that you always that you did. Think about Batman, but he smokes a carton a day. <laughs> He's like. Hey, Julius, get to, get to the corner, Julius. Oh, Julius. <laughs> get back on defense. Oh, get a free throw, Julius. <laughs> All right, know. Justin Taylor, you also have to give us your tips voice before we move on. Oh, man. That wasn't a good tips voice. He kind of, <laughs> he kind of, like, he kind of has a voice like Batman, but he looks exactly <laughs> like Penguin. Ooh, well said. We're really excited about trading for Derrick Rose. I think having a veteran guy like that in the backcourt is really going to help give us that presence to to coach up the young guys and we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Emmanuel quickly couldn't really benefit from having him around the locker room. That kind of sounded like Doc after he smoked like 10 cigars, too. <laughs> That's yes. good. Taylor, you're like the cookie monster. monster. (laughs) It's like a drunk cookie monster. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Taylor can do it. Taylor might might be a drunk cookie monster if the Chiefs win tonight. Taylor, say say go Chiefs. (laughs) Go uh, Chiefs. (laughs) Go Chiefs. Awful. All right. Let's take a trip around the association. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. 
Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a thought in my head. That sounder That's is... That's a first. Don't scare me. <laughs> Kawhi laughing, but they make it into the, the that music. We need one of Tibbs laughing. and making yes. it. Yes. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Would be gold. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Hey, is it weird that Stan Van Gundy and uh, Zion have the same body type? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Come here, Zion real. slander never ceases. Uh, imagine Zion with the with the Stan mustache. <laughs> Zion <laughs> wishes he was Julius Randle. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, this season for, for danger. All right. Oh man. Let's first start talking about apparently we're having an All-Star game. Uh, the NBA and the Players Association are finalizing details on an all-star game come March 7th in Atlanta. Comes in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, Lots right. of players seem to be against this. Um, specifically, LeBron James has come out and talked against it. Uh, Giannis has come out and talked against it. Um, I don't know if any other high-profile players have had anything negative to say so far. But what are your thoughts about actually getting an all-star game? The all-star game is already like, I think a lot of people kind of see it as a joke uh, that it's not taken very seriously. And now this year with nobody wanting to be there, like, what do you expect from this? Silver's kind of freaking out about, uh, uh, on, on the, in the chat about uh, fat Julius Randall. <laughs> he, he or she must have missed the inside joke of, of calm yours here. What was that? Like a year uh, and a half ago. Yeah. Fat Julius <laughs> Randall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's always a good time. No, man, the All-Star game is a, sh- a complete sham. It's a sham. It's a mockery. Also, it's like a party week. Like, yeah. I, you're going to have all those players down there. Obviously, they're going to be all hanging out. I know they're going to be doing testing or whatever, but that might not pop up until after the All-Star break. You're trying to do all these things like like limit player interaction like at midcourt and you have like security guards so they can't like hug and do handshakes or whatever but you're about to intermingle teams with an all-star exactly right right and probably going to let fans inside because as we saw with the whole lebron situation the state farm arena in atlanta has been allowing fans in yeah what are we doing here i mean just just a minute i mean it's a money grab absolutely um and it's trying to get fans engaged because, you know, it, it, with all the weirdness and players being out, like we mentioned earlier, I, I, there's probably less fan engagement. But still, I just – the All-Star game is kind of stupid anyways, especially now. We were talking about the fan voting and stuff. It's just – I don't know. Okay. Like, I'm an All-Star game stan, and I feel <laughs> like I, I have to 
I have to don my armor and grab my sword every year for the All-Star game. I love the All-Star game. I love it. I love everything about it. I love the stupid events that are have a bunch of half-hearted participants. I love Remember, the worst of the worst dunk competition attempts. My like, favorite was the skills competition with Reggie Jackson. Remember how much of a shit he did not give? <laughs> yes, I love it. I'm 100% here for it. Now that said, I think the what makes this feel different is the fact that it's very obvious the players do not want this. Like mm-hmm. that's something that's always appealed to me is that it just feels like the NBA players are having fun. Like True. doing it's stupid funny, yeah. crap for the dunk contest like it you can tell they're having fun. And I think that's what has always made it fun. If they're there and it's obvious that nobody wants to be there, that's going to bring a completely different feel to the All-Star game that I'm not sure how that's going to come off. Like what even happens when they go try to play this game? If it actually comes to that. Yeah. LeBron just walking for like 10 minutes. (laughs) Right. LeBron plays for a minute and then asked to be subbed out. Like what? I forgot what Nate Sanders just brought up about the Elam ending last year. I totally forgot about that. And it was really, that was a really good ending to it. Yeah. And they were super competitive last year, kind of in the, in the honor and in the spirit of Kobe. That's yeah. that also a good point. And then uh, Kim hurt his knee. That sucked. It's <laughs> like, it's, it's cool. Like I feel like the game is cool for like a quarter and like the fourth quarter, right? It's like the, the very first bit of it. And like in the last three minutes when they actually care about who wins. Um, but like the rest of it's kind of just like, it's like, Oh, look, look, Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, they alley you to each other and they're not any on the same team anymore. It's crazy. It's like, it's just so stupid storylines, you know? And, uh, but I do like the skills challenges. Those are fun to like look at. Like wasn't it like the all around or best all around last year? And it was they had several guards, and then they had Sabonis and Adebayo, and then mm-hmm. both Sabonis and Adebayo ended up in the finals. And that that was like really fun. That was the yeah. one where Shea just completely crapped the bed on that on that skill <laughs> challenge. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the skill challenges, like the three point shot and stuff like that. But really, the the entire week, like to me, it's just like a week where no NBA happens, and I don't get to watch a regular game on League Pass. Right. So like, I just especially this year. I think it's it's really stupid considering all the precautions the NBA is trying to take and all the things that they said they stood for regarding science and the vaccine and COVID-19. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, hey, just kidding. Like, let's have a fashion week and let's have a get together in Atlanta where all the fans can come in, and especially after LeBron and especially after your superstars, LeBron and other people are speaking out against it. Like, I feel like the death knell for that is going to be Chris Paul coming out and saying this is stupid. So like mm-hmm. he's playing in a game right now. So well, that's the interesting part though. Is, uh, the players association did agree to it. Yeah. Um, we've seen, you know, like, like in the bubble situation and stuff, you know, they, they did press the league on quite a few important issues. And so they, they obviously signed off on it. Um, so there are going to be, I mean, maybe we'll get an all-star game where, you know, you don't have the LeBrons and Giannis's and they let some of those guys off. Out, but like, you, you so have like that shade. might give you an avenue for Shay to get in. Like yeah, you said, right. yeah. Like, it's like, you know, of course Shay's not going to get in if Clay Thompson's ahead of him in the voting. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's ridiculous. Also, I, ha- I hate the fan vote so much. This is, this is 2016 people riding in Harambe on the presidential ticket. It's 100% it really is. what this is. Exactly. But it, it, it's all a money grab. Also, Justin with the All-Star game is 100% Jon Snow uh, grasping yes. his sword in the Battle I, of the Bastards. With I, I was the first from the get-go when they announced the Elam ending and everybody just lost their mind. of like, this doesn't even make any sense. I was like, no, the Elam ending's awesome. If you watch the basketball tournament, it's awesome. It's going to be awesome. And then when it, it actually awesome. played out, everyone was like, okay, this was awesome. 
You heard it here Just first, saying. guys. You want the you want the right takes. Come to the uncontested yeah. Justin Peabody. Yeah. Justin's going to make a, fun of you if you don't like the Elam ending. <laughs> that's a rare win. I don't even remember what the Elam ending was. I just remember that it was really cool the first time I'd ever seen it in my life. <laughs> Basically, at a certain minute point, it's like they add 10 points to the team that's leading score, and that's the goal score. And once you yep. get there, the game's over. Yep. So if it's 105 to 100 with five minutes to go, they say, okay, first to 115 wins. Yep. So it kind of becomes a, a pickup game in a sense at that yes. point. And what it does is it ensures every single game ends on a made basket, Yeah, which I think is the oh. best part of it. Every game ends on a ball going through the hoop, not a guy standing at the But then you'd hear like all out. kinds of like mic'd up versions of dudes that you, even guys used to play with the park and at the Y, they're like, game time, that's game. Buckets. <laughs> exactly. Like every, they try to say something stupid like that every single time. <laughs> You know, but, oh, Paul Pierce, did I'm you call, did it. you call bank? I called game. <laughs> One of the lamest phrases I've ever heard uttered out of an NBA player's mouth I mean, ever. It's coming from the guy that pooped his pants. Yeah, was, yeah he <laughs> and admitted, held up two cell phones. Yeah, he admitted to it. He admitted to pooping his pants, though. So I appreciate him for that. <laughs> I respect uh, it. Remember when D- remember when Dion had stomach problems and he had to run back into the back of the locker room? We thought he was injured, he, but he, just, he just had yeah. to poop. I yeah. love it. I'm here for it. Dion's my guy. All right, guys. Well, let's finish up. Trade season is officially open as of yesterday, February 6th. That was the date that players who signed over the off season could officially be traded. According to Bobby Marks of ESPN, 96% of the league is now trade eligible. Yes. We just saw that we got our first trade uh, in season with D Rose uh, headed to the New York Knicks. My question for you guys. Hit me with a bit of a spicy take here. What player are we going to see traded by the deadline this year? I'm going to go. My my spicy one is uh, Zach Levine. Mm. Like in Dallas next to Luca. Interesting. That is pretty spicy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I had one in my brain earlier and I just forgot now. (laughs) I think we'll see Cleveland make some deals to get mm. rid of some of their big men and clear way for Jared Allen. Mm. I think we'll see Cleveland either get rid of Andre Drummond uh, or JaVale McGee, or maybe see all of the above. Yeah, I agree with them. Any other players or teams stand out to you guys? Boston with the trade exception. Aaron Gordon. Yeah, that's, I was literally just about to say Aaron Gordon. Um, you think Orlando's going to lean into uh, to just bottoming out? I know Markel Fultz or uh, um, Jonathan I, Isaac for the rest of the season. I'm less I'm less interested in it from Orlando's perspective and more from a free Aaron Gordon perspective. I want to see Aaron Gordon on a team that doesn't suck. True. I think this. I I remember what I was thinking of now. I think the Spurs are realizing quite quickly that this is going nowhere. And it wouldn't at all surprise me to see DeMar DeRozan end up somewhere else by the end of the season. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. I do like that one. Like get him for um, a pick and a young guy or something like that. I don't yeah. know how they like, get him to the Clippers. But. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think um, the Mavericks are a good trade. Yeah. One trade might need to shake something up. What yeah. about Porzingis? Do they just hold on to him or do they try and get rid of him? I don't think he's got a lot of value right now. True. Yeah. That's crazy. What a ride for the mm-hmm. outcorn. Any others? Miami going to make a move with how bad they've been playing? 
Mm-hmm. Maybe they trade for Depot. They, but probably they, they, not. Depot's just going to come in for agency. <laughs> definitely a possibility. I don't Miami though. Like they're not a full strength. Yeah, like, they've been right. they've been on and off for a while. Jimmy Butler missed a lot of time. Yep. Um, I think Hero missed a little bit of time. Um, so yeah, they've lost Myers Leonard now for the season, which yeah. you wouldn't think would be that big of a deal, but he played a lot for them in the regular season last year. I fully expect them to still make the playoffs in the East, though. I think they'll get it together oh, at some point. Hmm. I don't like. I think they're way more likely to get it together than the Rockets are. Hmm. That's fair. I'll buy that. Speaking of Depot, what about uh, Depot on the Mavericks next to Luca? I like that a lot. Mm, that'd be very fun. It would be. I do like that. I think I sent this in the Slack last night. Do you guys feel like Luca is one of the most unathletic looking players yeah. in the NBA? Hundred percent. Yeah. Do you guys follow the "I think you should league pass" account? <laughs> oh, it's so good. No. Did you watch "I think you I think you should leave" on Netflix? No, no. Okay. I didn't do well, that either. <laughs> step one: go watch that. Step two: follow this account. <laughs> Every single time that Luca does something, this account <laughs> tweets a screenshot that's just—it's like a game show host, and he says, "Here comes Chunky." Every time Luca does anything, he tweets it. It's it makes terrible. me laugh every time. That's terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, like he, man, he just looks like some random dude that can, and like, it's just like at the Y or whatever. That's like, oh, he's actually pretty okay. Then, like, he's got all the accessories. You're like, whatever. And he ends up being really good and <laughs> then he smashes every shot. your soul. And, yeah. but, uh, I mean, he looks so unathletic. Like, he, I'm not saying like the man needs to lose weight, but I'm just saying he could use a little more cardio. I like it. You know, call me our representation matters and seeing somebody with a dad bod in the NBA makes me feel seen. Uh, <laughs> makes you feel seen. Is that what he said? Yes, it is. Gosh, man. Remember right. when he got drafted and Andre Iguodala said his mom was fine. <laughs> I do remember that. And he wasn't lying. He said, mom's good. <laughs> On that note. We're going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for checking out the Uncontested Podcast. If you joined us live today for our early matinee episode, thank you. We appreciate you. Glad you guys hopped in. If you're listening to the podcast version, man, we appreciate you. Go drop that five-star rating. Check us out. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So go subscribe or follow us at all of those places. We will be back with you guys again tomorrow night as the Thunder take on the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't remember who has that post game. Somebody does, though. Somebody will be podcasting about that game. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. We will have you guys covered for every post game this week. So subscribe wherever you get your pods. Have a great week. If you're in Oklahoma, stay warm, man. It's going to get cold. Going to get cold. Ooh, Keep watching. What would you say? I have the game tomorrow. Oh, Taylor has the game tomorrow. There you go. You get to listen to Taylor um, talk about his grocery list tomorrow. So look forward to that. And he'll talk about his Chiefs as well. Yes. You guys have a great beginning of your week. Stay safe. Stay warm. We will talk to you guys Monday night after OKC versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Thunder up. Go Chiefs. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. 
Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for more information on how to get treatment. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals. At RCA's state-of-the-art campuses, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs for patients with history of trauma or relapse, for young adults, for adults 50+, for the LGBTQ plus community, a confidential program for first responders and service members, and a faith-based program. Recovery Centers of America accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most insurance providers. Don't wait. Go to rcahelp.com slash podcast for help. rcahelp.com slash podcast.